Welcome to the Grafton Baptist Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit graftonbaptist.com. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7. Oh, and children are dismissed to their classes. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 7 to 11. Um, How can I be praying for you? How can I be praying for you? And think throughout today's sermon, how can I be praying for you? Okay, think of your answer. If, If you were to give me an answer, if I was to put you on the spot and I asked you, how can I be praying for you? What would you say today? Okay, if you, have, if you have a piece of paper or something, write it down. Write it down and just keep it there. And we'll see at the end of today's message if your mind changes, okay? Before we begin, we need to go to our king and humble ourselves because it's his word. And he has a purpose when he has given us the Bible, the scripture, it has a purpose. So let's humble ourselves before the Lord and ask for understanding because I can't. So let's go to him. Our heavenly father, I thank you so much for a beautiful Sunday where we can gather together your believers, your church that you purchased by your blood. You have given us your word that is eternal and perfect. So we ask today that you would give us understanding a heart that is willing to listen and learn, believe, trust in your word. Lord, as I am speaking today, I always have the temptation to speak about myself, to say things that make me look good. So I ask today, Lord, that you would take that away from my heart and that everything I say and everything I speak today might be for your honor and your glory, not my words, but yours. And I pray this in your name, amen. I'm not sure how long it's going to take and we have some time today. I usually try to aim for 30 minutes, but today I'm not concerned about time. I'm really not. I have personally learned so much while studying this passage. And I have to confess something. You know, as I'm preparing, I see at the passage and sometimes I get really excited because there's things that I like, that I know. And then there's other passages that I see and I'm thinking, what am I going to say? What does this passage mean? And this week, as I started reading, and since last week, I was thinking, what is the message that you have for this portion of scripture, Lord? But this text, it has burdened my heart so much, so much in such a way that I need to share with you what the Lord has taught me because it exposed my heart in such a way that I have to be transformed. I have to be, my mind has to be renewed. I believe that God's word and his his, his words in this passage cannot be more clear. And the context of Matthew, we're gonna see the depth of this passage. It It is indescribable what I found in this passage. I'm sure that we could spend a few Sundays just trying to understand and fully grasp what the Lord Jesus is teaching us here. But I have decided to make the sermon as simple as possible. 
just a few key things. And there's a few things that I want to emphasize. But the main point for today is trust. Trust or faith in the Lord. Remember this, the main point for today is trusting the Lord. Trust or faith in the Father. And one more thing, before we begin, I want to give you a warning. And I have to give you this warning because really, truly, I've been burdened by this. So, if you don't want to commit, if you don't want to obey God's word, you don't have to stay here today. Because if you hear this, if you hear this, you will be responsible by the way you answer. So think about it really. If it feels like I am speaking about you, it is because this text, this portion of the scripture is speaking to you. <laughs> so it's not that I've personally decided to speak about you, but this passage is about you. I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes and I have nobody in mind when I say these things. So you have to make a decision because as we're going to see in the coming Sundays, there's only two paths moving forward. Either you answer the call or you don't. Hmm. So today I pray that you are confronted with the reality of our spiritual walk with the Lord. So let us go verse by verse and understand what the Lord has for us today. Matthew chapter seven, verse seven to 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which one of you, if his sons ask of him, for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, if you who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things, good things, circle that, good things, and underline, highlight, Star this to those who ask him. What is prayer? What is prayer? Prayer is simply communicating with God. It is offered in the second person voice. We address God directly. And this includes petitions, you know, a supplication, thanksgiving, praise, hymns, and sometimes lament. That is prayer. In short, prayer is just a conversation with our Father, right? That's what it is. So I have a few questions for you. How healthy is your prayer life? How healthy would you say that your prayer life is? Do you think that your prayers are answered? Do you feel sometimes that when you pray, you're just speaking to the air? You can be honest. Prayer is difficult sometimes, right? I do struggle with prayer. Am I the only one in this church? No, no. But I truly believe that after you listen to this, your perspective on prayer will change. Do you pray 
according to the will of the Father. Do you pray according to the will of the Father? So let's go, let's see. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be open. So we're in the new section of the passage. We're coming close to the end of this very well-known sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. The Lord decided once more to speak to us about prayer. Remember, he had spoken to us about prayer before, but here we are. So we ended, um, but, it's, but it's important to remember where we come from, okay? And as I was trying to study this passage, I had to go and reread everything to this point. Everything to this point. So let's do a very quick overview of of uh, the book of Matthew. We started Matthew chapter one with understanding that Jesus is king. He, his right to rule the nation of Israel. And that's what chapter one was all about. Uh, uh, Jesus is a descendant of Abraham and a descendant of David. Therefore, he is king of Israel. Uh, chapter two, uh, we see Jesus' birth uh, in, in Bethlehem. Chapter three, John the Baptist. And what was his message? What was John the Baptist's message? Repent. 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 And we see the work of John the Baptist. And Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Chapter four. Jesus is, is led into the wilderness and he's tempted. But he's not like Adam and Eve. He's not like you and I. He was perfect. He was perfect. He triumphed over sin. And... And Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The same message that John the Baptist had is repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was here. He called the disciples. And in chapter five, we get to this magnificent, magnificent sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. The blessed people, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. That is what we're called to be. That person, just like Jesus Christ was. And he's telling us how to live. You are the light of the world. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law. You have heard that it was said to those of all, you shall not murder. But he started taking us to the root of the issue. So it begins in the heart. It begins in the heart. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. It begins in the heart. Again, you've heard that it was said of those who all, you shall not serve falsely. But what you say, you do at the heart. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But as citizens of the kingdom of God, we have the right to forgive. <laughs> we appeal to our Lord for justice. But us, we have the right to forgive. You have heard that they said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Hmm. And then we get to chapter six. Remember the righteousness, the false righteousness. When you give, when you pray, and when you fast, we do it in secret because our father sees us in secret. And then we get to this last section. And this is, this is sort of where we left off. The session of trusting 
of self. And we learn that we cannot trust in ourselves because trusting in ourselves, it leads to anxiety, doesn't it? It leads to anxiety. So we give all of that to our Lord. We cannot serve two masters either. So we have to make a choice. Who are you serving today? We learn that the Lord is asking us not to judge with hypocrisy, but to judge in righteousness. To see ourselves as we are and understand our need for a savior. To see others in the light of grace and ourselves in light of scripture. So here we are. If I cannot trust my money, if my mind is overwhelmed by the idea of tomorrow, if my judgment is also clouded because of my sin, what is the answer then? What is the answer then? And it's here. The answer is ask, seek, and knock. That's the answer. We see an evident progression in this passage. We see that first we ask, we seek, and we knock. This progression is very common. It's used in the, in the Jewish uh, literature fairly often. Psalm 1 comes to mind. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinner, or sits in the seat of scoffers. There's a progression there. Ask, seek, knock. So there's a progression here when we approach God. There are times when the sense of urgency is not much. And, and that will be most of the answers that I get when I call you or I text you and I ask you for your prayers. I say, what's your prayer request? And you say, well, would you pray because I have a cold? Would you pray because, you know, so-and-so is sick? We understand today's medicine, most likely a cold, you'll be fine within a week. And it's okay to get those petitions to God. It's okay, it's part of it. I've said many times, there's nothing too small to bring before the Lord. But my question for you today is, is that it? Is that it? I'm always amazed. Son, and I don't know their hearts, but I'm amazed to hear that people don't have a prayer request. Really? You require nothing from God? Really? The king's provision for your life is not necessary for you? Really? By the way, the title of today's sermon is Kingdom Citizens and the King's Provision. Kingdom Citizens and the King's Provision. Does your prayer feel empty? Do you have no answer to your prayers? And I think if we're honest, many of us will say, yes. I don't exercise in prayer because I don't see anything. My question is then, have you asked? Really? Have you knocked? Have you seeked? Seek? Have you truly prayed that prayer? Have you really made known to our God your petitions? Because he said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. We'll come back to this, but let's move a little bit forward. Verse number nine. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? 
Or if he asked for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If this was written today, it would say, of which one of you, if your son asked you for McDonald's French fries, would take him to Burger King? Is that bad? Is that bad? Nobody would do anything like that. What the Lord wants to give you is the good stuff, good things for your life. Have you asked? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven, he's not here on earth, he's in heaven, give, give good, give, would give good things to those who ask him. Jesus Christ, our king, once more is telling us that we have a heavenly father. You have a heavenly father. He makes a comparison to an earthly father. And he draws from there attention to the fact that even us, with our fallen nature, with our sin, with our weakness, with our character flaws, with our hypocrisy, with our hate to others, with our, with our lustful heart, with all of our mistakes, we give to our children good gifts. We know how to give our children good gifts. How much more will your Heavenly Father give you good gifts? This brings to memory another passage. Let's go to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Pray and not lose heart. Luke chapter 18. The Puritans, they hired someone to wake people up if they were sleeping through the sermon. <laughs> Their sermons lasted for hours. I'm hiring. <laughs> I'm just kidding. See the person on your right, on your left, you have a responsibility. If you see them sleeping, just give them a, a, a little pinch. It depends if it's, uh, it, it depends. For women, it used to be uh, the, 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 the Puritans would hire someone. Uh, on one end of the stick, there would be a little fur. And that was for the women to wake up if the woman was falling asleep. And for the men, it was, it was more like a, a rock, a stone or something like that. So you would get a little bit harsher punishment. I don't know how we would do it here, but I'm hiring. If you're interested, let me know. Let me know. Okay. Luke chapter 18. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. Pay attention to this. Because we pray sometimes and we lose heart. So this is for you if that's you. This is for you. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected men. This judge is a bad judge. Just like the imperfect parent, remember, is the same idea. It's the same idea. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. Is asking for justice right? Yes. Yes, she was asking this evil judge for justice. And she was not just a regular person, she was a widow. And the widow at that time was completely unprotected, exposed, nobody to help her. She was going to the judge asking for help. Was she asking for a good thing? Yes. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect men, what a judge. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God 
give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Our Father is a just judge. He's a good Father. He will do what is right, and he will do it quickly without hesitation. Quickly, that's what he's telling us. In the Word, that's what he says. Remember what the main point for today was? I said, remember, trust. The question is, will he find faith? What is faith again? We just saw it last week. And I love that definition by Charles Spurgeon. He said, faith is made up of three things. Knowledge, belief, and trust. So, when the Son of Man comes, will he find knowledge, belief, and trust in him on this earth? If he came to Grafton Baptist Church, would he find faith? So what do I need to know about prayer? And you can go back to Matthew. There is so much that we can learn so I had to choose a few things that I believe are fundamental for a walk with the Lord. First, first, it's important to remember that he is our father and it makes a difference. He's our good father. He will give you what is good. If you ask, if you ask. Second, he knows, he knows what you need. Remember the sermon last week? He asked, how can you judge? It wasn't me asking, it's Jesus saying, how can you judge? Jesus is telling us that he knows us. He knows us. He, we saw the example of Nathaniel. Nobody around. And Jesus said, I saw you under that tree. I saw you. And remember the woman at the well. He knew everything about her. He knows you. We're naked at his sight. There's no place to hide from our father he knows what you need. He knows what you lack. <laughs> Matthew chapter six. We studied this before, but it's a good reminder. Matthew chapter six, verses seven to eight. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Just a word salad without meaning, just vain repetition. But for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows. Circle that, underline that. Your father knows what you need. He knows what you need before you ask him. He knows what you need. So, or therefore, ask him. When I was in school, no, uh, seventh grade, I did really bad at school, really bad. I was a troublemaker. And I remember having to go to my parents' room and telling them another issue that happened at school. I was nervous, walking to the door, and having to tell them, confessing. The difference between my parents and God 
is that God, God already knows. He knows. So ask him. So ask him. He adds all of our basic needs, and that's what he was telling us before. He said, look at the birds. They don't worry about anything. Why are you worried? Look at the lilies. God clothes them. Why are you even worried about those things? That's what the Gentiles seek after. But seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33, the answer is a little bit ahead, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, the things that the Gentiles worry about, our basic needs will be added to you. What we need is to seek his kingdom and his righteousness first and foremost. We have studied everything so far that this entails in Matthew. He wants us to go to the heart of the issue to deal with the problem of sin at its root. He wants us to trust on him completely that he will take care of us. A good father that cares. So first, we know that he's our father. Second, we know he knows what you need. And third, he knows what you need, but you need to ask. He knows what you need, but you need to ask. James chapter four. And let's go there because it's important that you see it with your own eyes. James chapter four. James chapter four, verses one to six. What causes, what causes quarrels and, and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire, I do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have, you do not have, because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is not, it is to not purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Are you a proud man or woman? He knows. He knows of that thing that you're struggling with. He knows what you need. So humble yourself before the Lord. Jesus said, he knows, so ask him. Tell him the truth. Tell him the truth. Tell him that you wake up with anxiety every morning. Tell him that you hate that person. Tell him that you have a problem with lust. Tell him that you lie. Tell him that you have a problem with gossip. Tell him that you're looking for ways to get angry. Tell him that you don't trust him. Tell him that you have no desire to read your Bible. 
Tell him that the guilt of that hidden sin is killing you. Tell him. Tell him without hypocrisy. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he might exalt you. Casting some of your anxieties, just the colds and the sickness. No. Casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Will the Lord find faith in you? Do you trust him for your issues or just with your cults? Share this reality of prayer, sincere, not like the Gentiles. Share the reality of your issues with your family. Pray together. How many of our children would still be here if they saw this humility in us instead of the ugly mask of hypocrisy? James chapter five. Let's go to James chapter five. Please. James chapter five, verses 13 to 16. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, and I don't like this verse, but it's God's word. (laughs) Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. The prayer of faith, a prayer that knows his words, believes his words, and trusts in his word. Confess your sin. Mutual honesty, openness, and sharing of needs will enable believers to uphold each other in the spiritual struggle. Prayer has great power as it is working. That prayer, that passionate prayer of godly people has power to accomplish much. Have you tested it? Have you brought your petitions to the Lord? Really? But we don't want to share because what will others think, right? What will they say? If they know. Let me tell you what Jesus thinks. Those who are well have no need of a physician, 
but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Look around, look around. Everybody here came to Christ because they understand their condition and their need of a savior. What will a true kingdom citizen do when you confess your sin? Well, they will pray with you. They will cry with you. They will encourage you along the way. They will point you to Christ. Share with mature believers. I'm not saying that you have to get up today and say, you know, that thing. Share with mature believers. At least say it to your Lord in private. Ask, seek, knock. Truly, ask, seek, and knock. Ephesians chapter four. And we're getting there. Ephesians chapter four. Verses 17, all the way to 25. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned of Christ. That's not how we learn. That's not the way we walk anymore because that's not the example that our Lord Jesus Christ gave us. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to the, your former manner of life and is corrupt through the sinful desires and to be renewed. That's who I want. But I want to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. How are you doing? Speak the truth with your neighbor. How can I pray for you? Speak the truth with your neighbor. Have I offended you? Speak the truth with your neighbor. I have something against you. Speak the truth with your neighbor. For we are members of one another. Bring your request before the Lord. Share your struggles the truth with mature believers. Trust in the Lord that he will answer your prayer. He will answer. How? I don't know. I don't know how he will answer your specific prayer, but I have a few examples here to finish. Hannah, she prayed. She gave to the Lord what was, the, the, what was at the time a very embarrassing situation. She couldn't have children. She cried before the Lord. She opened her heart before the Lord and she got the desire of her heart. 
Another example. Paul, in 2 Corinthians, he tells us, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, a thorn in the flesh. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon, him, upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Can I, can I propose something to you? He didn't get the answer that he wanted, but he got the answer that he needed. And that was a transformed heart. A transformed heart. His hardship didn't change, but his heart was transformed. And finally, our very own King and Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. At the end of Matthew, we read, and going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Regardless of the answer, we need to pray. He already knows. He already knows. He knows what you truly need. He won't be shocked. You're not going to shock God with that request that you have. And he has what you need. It might not be what you want, but he has what you need. Give it to him. Our Heavenly Father, you have given us prayer to speak to you, to talk to you, and you know exactly what we need. Help us to trust you with more than just our cults, but to cast all of our anxieties onto you because you care for us. Change my heart. Renew my mind. Take away that pride that doesn't let me confess. Because I want to experience and answer prayer along with this church. I pray this in your name. Amen.